Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We have been looking at the cross of Jesus and we have been looking at the crucified life. That is one way to call it. Uh, Jesus did say, uh, take up your cross and follow me. But that is more than just simply thinking about taking up the cross. It means identifying with him as being crucified when he was crucified on that cross. And Paul so identified with the cross and in his epistles, the writings of the New Testament, he outlines so many things concerning the cross, the power of the cross, and not being ashamed of it. But he also talks about the enemies of the cross, things in our lives and things in the world that are enemies of the cross. They literally come and affect the work of God in our lives. One of them specifically is Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 where Paul addresses in just that one book alone uh, five very specific things concerning the cross, concerning the work of the cross, uh, the law, walking by faith, and uh, the flesh and the world. Uh, hopefully we'll get to those in, in a few more days. But what I want us to continue to look at is uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him, the koinonia, the fellowship. See, Jesus had a fellowship with the Heavenly Father and with the Holy Spirit that was absolutely unbroken from the day the Holy Spirit came upon him the Holy Spirit remained upon his life throughout every decision, every word, every action, every thought. It was a calculated eternal destiny. I'll say it again. It was a calculated eternal destiny. In other words, it was going to affect not only him, but it was going to affect us. Now, just stop and think about it. Let's take a, a one little example, kind of a side note here. Let's think about Jesus being planted into this earth. And he was going to bring forth in God's garden a new harvest, a new kind of fruit, each after its own kind. They were all going to be made conformable into his image, being transformed into the image of Christ by the glory of God from glory to glory. Well, then that necessitated, there was, it was going to have to be necessary then that he also have a new body. That new body also necessitate, uh, is going to uh, have the need of uh, 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 a new name and a new authority. That body along with all of the fruit, which is us, the believers, was going to necessitate, it, there was going to be the need for also a new heaven and a new earth to contain us. In other words, the old things were all going to have to pass away, and behold, everything was going to have to be new. Jesus walked the walk and talked the talk with the Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. He expects nothing less of us being made conformable 
unto his death, knowing the fellowship and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection is to us many times foreign. We just associate the cross and the man on the cross and the blood of the cross to having atoned for our sins, having forgiven our sins. And that is actually a great thing. I am not making any less of it. We needed to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We needed to be purchased back to God. We needed to be translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We needed to have a renewed mind. We needed to have the engrafted word implanted in us. We needed to be delivered from the old nature, that Adamic nature that was fallen, that was associated with Satan. We needed all of these things accomplished in our lives. So Paul's prayer to the church of of Ephesus, the Ephesians, he said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that means they had to be open. Uh, There had to be uh, uh, shed rays of light. There had to be brightness. There had to be shining. Uh, There had to be illumination to bring forth light, to be able to make one see. He says, I need you to see. I want you to see what God has allowed me to see. I want you to see and understand what Jesus personally taught me concerning the revelation of the cross, the revelation of his sacrifice, the revelation of the gospel. You need to be enlightened and understand that you also may know what is the hope of his calling in that we find a hope for our calling here on this earth while we are still uh, citizens of the kingdom uh, Uh, living in this physical planet, in these physical bodies. uh, We need to know what is the hope that he has for us. And of course, Colossians 1.27 says, uh, the hope of glory is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What glory? The glory that has been lost. Uh, uh, The the scripture uh, clearly defines in the book of Romans, he says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God because of sin, having separated us. But Paul says, the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That glory with which Jesus has been vested, that glory with which he sits upon his throne, that glory that expressed itself on that mountain, on that hill, when Moses and Elijah appeared to him, that former glory that appeared, that we become partakers also and share in that glory. All of this made possible by the cross. See, but it's not just an emblem to be adored or worshipped as it is by some, to be hung across or around our necks. Remember, the cross is and was not a place of beauty. It was a place of death. Jesus offered himself, not just as an offering unto God, 
but as a sacrifice. He asks no less of us. In Romans 12.1, he says, My brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A sacrifice, I want you to know and distinguish it from the difference of an offering. A sacrifice is always something that is put to death. An offering necessarily is not put to death. You can bring an offering that is monetary. Uh, you can bring an offering that requires time. Uh, you can bring an offering as uh, the, the, the Hebrews, the Jews did uh, back then that was uh, uh, made out of flour. That was a dove. Uh, excuse me, that, uh, that was something that was offered unto God that didn't need to die. But nonetheless, it was an offering. Jesus both offered himself and also put himself up as a sacrifice. And please understand, the sacrifices on the cross must all die. Whether it takes six hours lingering death as Jesus was on that cross from the time he was put there till the time he died, or whether it's something instantaneous as having the animal that was sacrificed, having its uh, throat slit and its blood drained out. In other words, sacrifices always point us to death. The Bible talks about, also in the book of Hebrews, mentioning that we should offer unto him certain sacrifices in our lives. And those sacrifices means that something else must be put to death. So if we look at the book of Hebrews in chapter 13, the scripture says this in verse number 15. It says, <clears throat> For by him, that is through Christ, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise, that means something has to die in order for praise to come forth continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So something has to, in our lives, completely be brought to death. So then that means all the things that would cause sorrow, disappointment, things that would discourage, things that would cause one to be depressed, must be offered in sacrifice to God in the form of praise. And there, it says, not just once, but daily, continually, offering Him praise because something has died in our lives and we're expecting something to be made alive. That makes the difference. So going back to our thought, Paul said, I want to know Him and the power of his resurrection, Paul had experienced in his body. And very possibly, Paul had experienced when he had been stoned on one occasion outside one of the cities, and all the brethren gathered around him and prayed. He had been raised from the dead, not resurrected with a glorified body, but raised from the dead, just like many others were raised from the dead, and of course, later they died again. Now, our resurrection, physical resurrection, will take place when Christ comes for us. But, in the meantime, we are to live a resurrected life, just like he died on the cross, 
We are identified as crucified with him. Just as he was buried in the tomb, we're identified buried in the waters of baptism. And just like he arose from the grave and the stone was rolled away, we arise from the deadness of our old life and dead works, and we arise to newness of life, which now all begins in the Spirit. Now, another thing we had identified at another occasion was that Jesus had offered himself to God through the eternal Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And if we are led by the Spirit of God, and when we are led by the Spirit of God into circumstances and situations uh, in our lives, then that means <clears throat> that just like Christ was led on a continual basis, and just like Paul identified with knowing and wanting to know Christ, and his resurrection, we are to identify ourselves also in association with the Holy Spirit to whatever things need to be crucified in the flesh daily. Take up your cross daily. We also need to identify the things that need to be crucified in this world. I am crucified to the world, Paul said in Galatians 6, and the world is crucified unto me. Paul said that I am dead to the law, through the law. In other words, the law condemned me and killed me. But the law was also crucified or nailed to the cross. So when you begin to look at these things, you begin to identify the effectual working power of the cross on every aspect of our being. Everything, nothing is left to chance, but everything was a calculated divine destiny for each and every one of us. Now, as we get into tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit about the divine exchanges, uh, something that we've mentioned before, and I want to go ahead and re-mention it in association with the cross, especially since it's so clearly laid out in the book of Isaiah in chapter 53 from verse 1 to the end of that chapter. But, you know, he was punished that we might be forgiven. He was wounded that we might be healed. Uh, he was made sin that we might be made righteousness. Uh, he died our death that we might receive his life. He was cursed so that we might enter into blessing. He took our poverty so that we might receive his abundance. He bore our shame that we might share his glory. He was rejected that we may be accepted of the Father. And he was cut off by death, but were joined to God eternally. And the old man was put to death so that we might have a new man. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Join us then, but until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.